How many of you are planning to go out to a restaurant afterwards to eat? Just put your hands up. People are going out. Okay. We may go long today a little bit, but that's okay because you're going to have to wait anyway no matter where you go. Even if you go to Taco Bell today, it will be a long wait probably. <laughs> Someone going to Taco Bell today? <laughs> that's the way to step up when. That's the way to show the love, buddy. Come on now. <laughs> we want to welcome our guests this morning. So happy that you could be with us. And welcome to Harvest Renewal Church. Glad you could be with us today. If this is your first time with us, if you'll just lift your hand up high, we have a gift for you today. Keep your hands up. If you would. Keep your hands up. Jamie, you need some help there, buddy? Okay. Keep your hands up. There's Shane. Right back here, Shane. We are so happy that you could be with us today. Wow, so happy. In this bag, you'll find a number of things, but you'll find a big loaf of fresh bread that we'd like to give to you as a gift this morning for being with us. Anybody on this side up here? There we go. You'll find a fresh loaf of bread in there. Also, you'll find some information about our church and a white card. And everybody say white card. Okay. We want you to fill that out if you would. Put it in our offering bag when it comes by in just a little bit. And uh, if you'll just fill it out. We just want to know who you are, that you are with us today. I want to uh, welcome back Kate. Kate, honey, it's so good to see you. Kate Alexander, baby, is... How you doing? You're getting there better. Praise God. So good to see you. We love you. Want to welcome back one of our earliest members of this church, Mahali Stavlis. Mahali, stand up, Mahali, you and Laura. Many of you recognize Laura last week. She helped Nicole. She, she rescued Nicole in her, her sermon there and helped her. And Mahali was one of our youth leaders from way back when. And, uh, and somehow he met this young lady from North Carolina, and that was it. He was gone. He was gone. And I don't blame you a bit, buddy. This is Mahali and Laura, and it's so good to have you today, my friend. Good to have you back in the house here. Praise God. All right. So, um, guests, we are really glad that you're here with us today, and I hope you really do feel welcome. We want you to feel welcome. Well, today, do you know that it, this is, it's been over 100 years since they started Mother's Day. In May of 1914. They, they began the observance of Mother's Day, the second Sunday of every month. And so it's been over, huh? Oh, I say every month? Well, it could be every month. It probably needs to be every month. But uh, the second Sunday of, of May, of course. And so it's been over 100 years of celebrating moms. Isn't that great? I love, I, I read a quote by John Wesley that said this. He said, I've learned more about Christianity through my mother than all the theologians in England. That was the impact that his mom had upon his life. We all sit here today because we have had a great impact being brought to our lives by our moms. Um, I know that 
It was the prayers of my mom that brought me to Christ. It was her prayers, her love, her patience, her demonstration of a life that just loved that made me the person that I am today. And I'm so grateful for that. And I know we all sit here, whether we still have our moms with us or not, and we can recognize, oh, thank you. We can recognize what God has done in our life because of moms. And so we want to bless our moms this morning. So if you're a mother in the house here today, I want you to stand up. Okay, all the moms in the house today, stand up, please. Praise God. Y'all are beautiful this morning. Man, I tell you. Wow. You are gorgeous this morning, all our moms. Well, we are so glad. We are, we are so glad that we can. One day doesn't, doesn't contain <laughs> uh, who you are. One day, there's no way. But we are so grateful for you and the, the impact that you have had within lives and your children. And, and uh, uh, we, we honor you this morning. We honor you this morning. Can we have some that would just... Just kind of come around a mom and just just uh, stand up and just just uh, come close to a mom here this morning. You know, I know all our moms that don't have our children around them, but we just recognize. All right, watch it now, watch it now. Thank you, God. Father, we pray right now. We thank you, Father, for these amazing women, amazing women of God. Father, we thank you for the, the love the kindness, the patience, Father, the abilities, the giftings, the power, the, all the things that you have placed within their lives, Father. God, we are overwhelmed with gratitude this morning for these women. And we pray today that you would pour out, God, the affirmation of your love. <laughs> Father, the affirmation of your love over their lives today, that they would know how significant their life has been and how significant their life is today. So, Father, we thank you, God, that something would be imparted, God, something from heaven today over these amazing women. Father, just an just a extra measure of grace from you, Father. That they are just that they will be baptized this morning, Father, by your grace, by your spirit, God, by your love, your affirmation. Father, it'll be a cloak, a beautiful dress they would wear all day long, Father. God, we thank you, Father, for the beauty that's within them. We recognize that. We praise you. We give you praise. We give you praise, Lord. <laughs> In Christ's name, Lord God. Thank you, Father. Jesus loves happy mamas. He loves happy mamas. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Where are you going there, Inger? <laughs> All right. You know, it is appropriate on Mother's Day so appropriate that we have an opportunity to uh, pray over and dedicate a little baby 
to the Lord. And it's so appropriate on Mother's Day that we can do that. I want Frank and Essie to come up here, please. With Nana Ami, I believe that's how to pronounce it. Nana Ami. I probably got that wrong, but uh, my... There she is. There is that precious little. If you don't know, this is Frank. This is Essie. Essie has been with us for a good while. She's been finishing up her school. She is now a graduate. Now, was, was that in your master's program? That's what I thought. She just graduated in master's program. This couple here, uh, they, in order to do all of this, they have been separated for uh, a good while. And Frank is able to come down and visit occasionally, so uh, so apparently y'all did have some time together, and um, and so uh, <laughs> so uh, <laughs> oh, maybe I shouldn't have said that, but but I couldn't help it. I couldn't help. I had to. <laughs> Come on, <laughs> but we're gonna we're gonna dedicate. Tell, tell us uh, uh, Nana's whole whole name. So Nana um, Nanama is the first name. Ama um, is a female born on Saturday in Ghana, and Aie is the middle name means praise, and Abroka Ose is the family name. Praise God! So y'all got all that right. Now, now it's, I'm really excited that we're able to just pray over Donna today and uh, anoint her with oil and, and dedicate her to the Lord. But I'm saddened today that this is Frank and Essie's last Sunday with us. And they are moving to Texas. Is that right? Houston? Houston, Texas. And, but I'm so thrilled that, that your family is together and you'll be able to be together. I know you're going to find a great church in Houston to be a part of down there. And so, um, you know, it says in Psalm 127 that children are a heritage from the Lord. It means a reward. I love it in the Message Bible. The Message Bible, he's having a great time, isn't he? Message Bible. That's okay. Just let him. Just let him. He's fine. He's fine. He's enjoying himself. Okay. Uh, in the Message Bible, it says, it says that children or God's best gift. That's what it says in the Message Bible. I love that. Children are God's best gift. And it really is true. It really is true. So, but anything you want to say over Nana? Sure. So before Nana was conceived, the Lord has spoken through various means to let her know that baby girl we're going to have and the fact that the Lord was going to use her. And as always, the Lord has kept his word. And... Uh, like Pastor said, children are a gift from God. And we are grateful to God. And at this time, we are giving her back to God so that the Lord will strengthen her and give her everything she needs. And we are also praying that the Lord will give us everything we need to bring her up the way the Lord wants it so that she will fulfill the will of God for her life. Essie, anything you want to say, baby? Essie has been such a blessing. And she has been a part, a major part of our hospitality team here, helping Gail. And we're going to miss you, baby. Going to miss you. They've let me be a part of their family. And Grandma 
to the children, and uh, y'all asked me the other day, he said, Grandma, you need to be in the sun. You're awful pale. <laughs> and I said, but my heart is full of love for both of you. So God's going to bless them, and they're going to do so many wonderful things with their children. And then when they do go back to Africa to their home, they're going to serve and the Lord and all the people there. They're a wonderful family. Um, so as Pastor said, my wife completed her program this week, and we thank the Lord for planting us here during this period. Bible says that the Lord determines where each and every individual should be at any point in time. So we know that it's not by accident that we've been here, and the Lord has used you guys to bless us both spiritually and physically, and we are very grateful. We thank the pastors and then everybody. We have we've been blessed being here, and we thank the Lord for that. Amen. Let's all stand up. I want as the, the body here, just extend your hands to Nana here, Nana Ami. Nana, honey, it is my joy to get to anoint you. Father, I anoint Nana Ami, Father, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And we thank you, Lord God, that we demonstrate, which is, has been the reality of Frank and Essie's heart, that she belongs to God. She belongs to God. God, I know from the moment that they knew that they had conceived, it was settled in their hearts that this little girl belongs to God. So we dedicate her this morning, Father. God, you say that children are your best gift to us. And God, that surely is true. And so we thank you, Father, that, Lord, that I know that she's going to be raised up, Father, in the love and the admonition of the Lord, Father. That, Father, that she's going to walk in that way and never depart from it. We thank you, Lord God, that there is going to be such a love in her heart for the Lord Jesus. We give you praise for that, Father. We thank you that this little girl is going to bring such joy to the hearts of her daddy and her mama, Frank and Essie, Father. And we thank you, Lord, what a difference she is going to make in the kingdom of God. What a difference she's going to make, Father, because of the destiny that is upon this child's life. Father, I thank you, Lord God, that even that even as Frank and Essie, Father, has come from another nation to this nation, Father, I thank you, Lord God, that you have placed upon this child a heart for the nations. Father, I thank you that you're going to release her into the nations, Lord God. You're going to raise her up, release her in the nations, Father, and whatever her foot treads, the kingdom of God is going to be advanced, God. I thank you, Father, that you have placed a song in her heart for the nations, I really feel. There's something about her voice, something that you're going to use, the gifting of her voice and her singing, Father, that she's going to touch hearts in nations, Lord. So, Father, we thank you, Lord God, that you have a call upon her, a call upon her, Lord God, to, uh, to, uh, to, to bring the gospel, Lord, into many lands and many places. Thank you, Jesus. This is just a confirmation of what Doug was saying, but I feel like it's also a confirmation for you guys, too. The Lord gave me a word 15 years ago about Houston, and he just wanted me to declare that over you. Uh, we lived there for a decade. So as a representative of the great country of Texas, <laughs> um, yeah, we declare doors open for you. 
that the church of the living God would receive you and that there will be a generous portion upon you and a planting and so that the Lord would gather your roots that you have and he would wrap them up in, in a ball. And as he transplants you, there will be nothing lacking for you. And the word that he gave me was that he's sending the nations into Houston to be restored and to be healed up and to be built up and encouraged. And that it, it, is, it is your next step back into the nations. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, I just um, feel like the Lord's saying she's going to be one that sets the captives free. And I saw her going and it was like unlocking prison doors and opening the doors and calling people out and I saw chains being broken and I just feel like you know every everywhere she goes there's going to be freedom she's going to be a carrier of freedom that's great thank you we have a couple little gifts here just to give you so to remember this moment but uh we love you guys so much we pray just blessings on you as you travel and you leave and please be in touch with family here you've got a lot of cousins here in Richmond so uh, let's just bless these guys. Oh, Ralph, you got something? I, I just, as I was watching, I just felt the Lord had a word for you, a scripture that he would write on your hearts, the hearts of your family and the hearts of Nana. And it's uh, out of Psalm 23. Um, he will lead her into green pastures. He will make her lie down beside still waters. He will prepare a table before her in the presence of her enemies, and he will anoint her head with oil, and her cup will overflow. Amen. Thank you. All right, uh, rifle, come on, buddy. Morning, everyone. Just. Three quick announcements. Want to get our guests up, please. Um, first thing is this coming Saturday, the 16th, we have the prophetic seminar. Um, come out to that. The Bible tells us to desire spiritual gifts. It's in there. It's in the Word. Desire this. So this is one way that we could come out and do that. Is coming Saturday for the prophetic seminar here. Then on Sunday, May the 31st, we are having a water baptism. If you have not been water baptized and you would like to be water baptized or know more about water baptism, why do we do it? What's the significance of it? Please come and speak to any one of the pastors. That's Sunday the 31st. And then on the bulletin, it says Saturday, May the 30th, farmhouse. That is canceled. Okay, so there is no farmhouse on the 30th due to the hussies having, not having to, but moving and, and certain things happening at the farmhouse. So that is canceled. That is not taking place okay time for tithes and offering just like last week guys we're giving into the kingdom we want to get our guests up let's bow our heads lord jesus we thank you for this opportunity week after week after week you allow us to partnership with you you allow us, Lord, to give into a kingdom that is unshakable. That's what your word declares. So we thank you, Lord, that as we sow with grateful hearts, we know that we can only sow because you gave to us that which we freely give back, Lord. 
We thank you for this, Lord, and we give with gratitude, hearts filled with thankfulness. We bless this into your kingdom, Lord, and we thank you for the opportunity to be able to do this. We thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Could you send that those bags through, please, ushers? Thank you so much. All right. Thank you, Rifle. We are, um, Harvest Renewal Church is um, affiliated with uh, a great group, family of churches called Partners in Harvest. That is part of the Partners in Harvest, also is part of a Catch the Fire uh, Ministries. I, I know that uh, Iris Ministries with Heidi Baker is a part of Partners in Harvest. And and so um, it's just really privileged. We, Jason and Elizabeth and Cindy and I just got back from a conference down in North Carolina, regional East Coast Conference. And we are so blessed today to have Ralph and Inger Beisner with us this morning, who they are the directors, representatives, the, uh, the grand poopa of, uh, of the East Coast here. <laughs> Uh, and just a really good friend, really, really good friend. And uh, I am so blessed to have Ralph and Ingrid this morning. They're going to be sharing with us. Uh, we're going to also, at the end of, end of the service, I don't want you to forget, uh, as we normally do many times, uh, we're going to receive a love offering for these guys just to say we love you, bless you, uh, go get a Whopper, and, um, and have a good time. And, but, no, but... How many were here last year? Ralph was here, I think, last April. They were coming through and, and, and was here. So we got a lot of people. You've never heard these guys. Well, you're in for a treat. Ralph, Inger, let's welcome this, this morning. Thank you. I, um, in my prior career, I was a prosecutor in New York City, uh, an assistant DA, and I used to prosecute uh, organized crime. And the, the big guy in the mafia family was called the capo de tutte de capo. So instead of the grand poopa, <laughs> I'll let you call me the capo. Grand Poobah. That's the first time I've ever had that one thrown at me. <laughs> uh, just quickly, I, I'd like to tell you a little bit about Partners in Harvest, but you know, <coughs> uh, Doug was telling me that uh, you guys are into a season where he's been, the, this church has been trying to live in the spirit. Is that how you phrase it? Life Living the resurrected life. I knew you had a phrase for that. So, so uh, Jesus said you will live in, uh, you, there will come a day when you will worship in spirit and in truth. And uh, that's life in the spirit. That's the resurrected life. And so what happens when the resurrected life hits you, you begin to get words of prof prophecy and uh, and uh, insight into people, and I just had two words that I have to express, although one of the men, I think, left. But you, that gentleman over here, as I saw you, uh, I don't know your name, I've never met you, 
What's your name? Linton? Minton? Nitton. Okay. Um, the Lord was telling me that he's placed a healing uh, gift into your life and that uh, he's going to give you uh, strategies and gifts that are going to be able to heal people. And I'm talking about physical healing. That you're going to be laying your hands on people and they will get well. And, uh, and so I just bless that in you. I don't know if that fits uh, for you or is what that works. <laughs> and oh yeah, there's the gentleman uh, in the next to last row in the black shirt. Yes. What's your name? Bob. Bob? That's a lot easier. I, can <laughs> uh, I just felt like Bob that uh, you're a you're really a pastor. You're going to be. Uh, bringing the good news of Jesus to a lot of people. They're going to listen to you because, and, and actually you probably already have a group of people that listen to you, and you may not even know it, but you, the gifting of a pastor is in you, and uh, you'll be speaking good news and, and bringing life to people uh, through that. So God bless you. Partners in Harvest is an organization of churches that came out of the Toronto Blessing. Now, most of you weren't even born when the Toronto Blessing <laughs> happened. Uh, it was an outpouring of the Holy Spirit in 1994 in Toronto, Canada, a small vineyard church in Toronto, Canada. And uh, uh, as a result of that, some five million people have gone through that church in Toronto. And, Five million people. So the church originally wasn't any, any larger than this, really, the congregation. And when the Holy Spirit comes onto your congregation, uh, people are drawn from all over the world. I was telling uh, Steve this morning, and thank you, Steve and Jennifer, for hosting us. Uh, we were so grateful to you. I was telling Steve this morning when I first went up to Toronto in 94 with uh, three other men, uh, I was standing outside the church, and they didn't open the doors for the 7 o'clock service until 5 o'clock in the afternoon. And by 5 o'clock, there was a line of probably four or 500 people waiting to get into the church. I had never seen anything like that. Most of the time, I saw people waiting to get out of the church. <laughs> <coughs> so, so that's my sign of revival, when people are standing outside waiting. <laughs> waiting waiting to get into the church. And as a result of that, we've had, uh, we've formed this network of churches uh, that want to just be part of what God is doing through that revival. And that really was a revival of the revelation of the heart of the Father to his people. And I'm, that's what I'm going to speak about this morning uh, in, in a little bit more depth, but <coughs> Uh, your church now is a what we call a friend in Harvest Church and we're blessed to have you guys as part of this network there's partners in Harvest uh, Doug said that Heidi Baker's churches are partners in Harvest churches I don't know if you all know Heidi Baker she has a, a ministry in Mozambique and it stretches up the east coast of Africa 
She has like a thousand churches, I believe, in her, in her network. The Catch the Fire Church is now a uh, number somewhere in the, in the 20s, and they're partners in Harvest Churches. But most of our ministries are independent, and I'm saying this because there are needs all over this world. And uh, Inger and I pastor a small church in Hyde Park, New York, called the Father's Paradigm, which is also a partners in Harvest Church, and we are always looking to give uh, resources into the kingdom and so we try to pick out partners ministries because we know them and we can trust them and we know that the resources that we pour into them are going to be used for the purposes uh, that we want them to be used for and so I'm, I'm just mentioning that to you there are two churches right now partners churches in uh, Turkey that and we know both of them and they are ministering to the Syrian refugees that are, and th these, those refugee camps are full of displaced people and families, uh, and they're starving. They need, they need everything they can, they can get. And so uh, we've, we've been sowing into those churches. Uh, there's a church in India who has a, an orphanage. They also know people in Nepal and they're helping pastors and churches in Nepal uh, through the crisis that's happening there. Uh, there are partners in Harvest Pastors in eastern Ukraine who have been displaced as a result of the fighting in the eastern Ukraine. And, and they've had to flee their churches uh, with their family and just the clothing on their back. And they're really being persecuted. It's kind of an interesting story, but uh, they're being actually forced out because they are uh, Protestant revival churches. And the Russians' uh, military uh, are associated with the uh, Russian Orthodox Church. So they view anything that is not Russian Orthodox as subversive and Western. So they close down these churches and they force these families out. So there are five or six pastors over there that are living from hand to mouth. Uh, they've moved, they've had to move out of their communities and into uh, uh, eastern Ukraine, West, western Ukraine. And so, so there are needs all over the, all over the world. And, and we're so blessed to be a part of that, you know, and we're just blessed to be a part of it and to be able to, to uh, bring our resources, our prayers into the kingdom of heaven. And the kingdom of heaven, life in the spirit, kingdom of heaven life is what that's all about. So uh, I'm going to transition into what I'm supposed to talk about this morning. <laughs> Let me read a couple of scriptures to you. It's always a good way to start, isn't it? Um, the kingdom of heaven. I still use a Bible, you know, these, this is a written book, it's not electronic, I can't push a button and start it or anything, but I highly recommend them, they, they, they work without electricity or batteries or anything, and you don't have to plug them in at night, they're really, they're good.
in Luke 17, it says, uh, the kingdom of God is within you. We don't have to look around for the kingdom of God, you know. And again, I'm going to get into this, but <clears throat> Jesus said, go out and heal the sick, cast out demons, and preach the kingdom of God is near. And I used to think about that all the time as, well, it's going to happen soon. And, and much of the church might even think of that in, in terms of time. But he was talking in terms of distance. The kingdom of heaven is near, meaning it's right here. And it's not in some faraway place, and it's not going to happen in the future. It's already happened. And, and proof of that is the scripture, that the kingdom of heaven is within each one of us. We carry the kingdom of heaven in us. The kingdom of heaven, uh, in Romans 14, it says, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. It's not a matter of being fearful or anxious about things. It's righteousness, peace, and joy. So if you're living the spirit life, you should be having some peace and joy in your life. And, and not be anxious and not be fearful. And in Romans 8, it says, I have not given you a spirit. This is one of my favorite verses. I have not given you a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear. But I have given you a spirit of adoption by which you cry, Abba, Abba, Father. The kingdom of God is not a matter of words, but of power. We have power in the kingdom of heaven. And I'm going to be mindful of the, the clock, so I'm going to try not to, to go off into too many rabbit trails this morning. Part of Partners in Harvest uh, has led us to, Inger and I, to uh, in, into a relationship with an Episcopal church in Albany, New York. And uh, uh, they are now a Friends in Harvest church, an Episcopal church. And they come out of the traditional liturgical uh, way of, of uh, doing or having church, I guess is the right way, you know, uh, of saying it. So they have this liturgy that includes several things that we in our traditional, in our contemporary churches, I think have kind of pushed off to the side. We learned them as young people. Uh, one is communion. They do communion in every service. And, in, and I've been in so many churches where we have a communion table set off in the corner and we say to people, if you want to have communion, go over there with your family and you do it any time during the service, have communion. That's good. But that's not the way Jesus celebrated communion. He celebrated communion in community. And so why I say that is sometimes we uh, think that we've moved into a better understanding of how to worship and how to celebrate church. And yet, <clears throat> we have things to learn from other ways of doing things. We don't have all the answers. If, and Doug, with all due deference, I'm gonna say this. If anyone 
uh, goes into a church and they, they're in a church that thinks they have all the answers, get out of that church. <laughs> don't, I mean, uh, and I know Doug and Cindy's heart. It, we don't have, no church has all the answers. No expression has all, we always have something to learn from someone else. And, and they have something to learn from us. So in this Episcopal church, they also say the Lord's Prayer at every service. Now, I would imagine most of you know the Lord's Prayer, right? Yes? How many, how many know the Lord's Prayer? Okay, we got a good, we got a good representation of liturgical people here. <laughs> Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Let's go through it. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. It's a beautiful prayer. It really is when you when you don't do it in a rote fashion, but you listen to the words and you understand the words. I've been saying that prayer. My mom was Catholic, uh, so she taught me that prayer. And I've been saying that since I was a little kid almost every night. And there's power, some place, I don't know how it happens, but there's power in that prayer. And it just flows with the power of God. And it's helped, when I don't know how to pray, that's how I pray. And that's what the scripture says. The disciples came to Jesus and they said, how should we pray? And Jesus uh, said the Lord's Prayer. Now here's a revelation. Jesus did not speak English. <laughs> the, the Lord's Prayer, as it's, as it's uh, expressed in this written Bible and probably in your electronic ones as well, is in English. He spoke Aramaic. Now, <clears throat> I've, I started going into this in this Episcopal church, and I received a, a treatise from a, a woman that goes to that church who is a Catholic. And she sent me a treatise from a Catholic theologian on the Lord's Prayer. And I started to read it with a very skeptical attitude. Well, you know, the Catholics, we've, we've moved on from there. We don't, they're not going to share anything. But I have to tell you, he blew me away with his insight into the Lord's Prayer. And I want to share it with you. And some of you may be sitting there saying, I don't, I don't need to listen to this either. And that's okay. <laughs> Where, that's the beauty of church. It's uh, like a one-room schoolhouse. We have all levels of understanding going on here. <laughs> But life in the spirit, the Bible that we use is essentially taken from the Greek, which were uh, the four Gospels, the oldest uh, version of those four Gospels were in Greek. And uh, they were probably written somewhere around 40 to 50 years after the events that they speak of in the Bible. They weren't written contemporaneously. And it's believed that, or 
there's a theory out there that those four Gospels were actually taken from one Aramaic Gospel. Now, Aramaic is the language that Jesus spoke. So, this Catholic theologian took the Lord's Prayer and brought it back into Aramaic. So it would speak as Jesus spoke it to the disciples in the same context that Jesus spoke it to the disciples. And it has great significance for us. This, I'm not just giving you a history lesson here. But it also ties back into this whole idea of the Father's revelation that was, the Father's heart revelation that was revealed in Toronto. Jesus turned to the disciples and he said, this is how you should pray. He said, Abba. Right off the bat, he didn't say our Father, although that's a significant thing right there. But he said, this is how you pray, you pray to Abba. You pray to Daddy, you pray to the Father, to your Father, to my Father and your Father. And you pray Daddy. That, just, just to get that thought into our heads, that, that the God that created this universe is our daddy. He's not, not just our father. I'm going to give you two secrets to life in the spirit that I think come out of this, just this scripture alone. And that's one of them. That we have to understand Jesus was so close to the father that he could say, if you see me, you see the Father. I can only do what I see the Father doing. I can only say what I hear the Father saying. If you pray in my name, all things will happen. Greater things will you do because I am going to the Father. And he says, when we pray in his name, it's not just praying in his name, it's praying, that's brought out by this theologian as well, it's not just praying in his name, it's praying like he would pray. He's saying, pray like I pray. When you lay hands on people to heal them, we say, oh, in the name of Jesus, like it's a little rabbit's foot. But he's saying, pray with the understanding that I and the Father are one, that you and the Father are one, and that you have the whole kingdom of heaven inside of you, and you can touch you can touch a person and they will get well because in the kingdom there is no sickness. There is no death. There is no pain. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy. Look at that. The kingdom of heaven is not a matter of words but of power. Pray like that. Don't pray in Jesus' name as a rabbit foot. Pray like I pray. That's what Jesus would say. And he says, pray Abba. But you have to understand, we have to understand that relationship. It's not just Jesus that had an Abba. You have an Abba. I have an Abba. And we pray to Abba. And Jesus said in John 17, he said, Father, Abba, love them, meaning us, as much as you love me. Now you know Jesus' prayers were answered. Yeah. 
So Abba Father loves you and me the same way he loved Jesus. And so when, when we pray to Abba Father, we don't even ask that his kingdom would come. We thank him for bringing his kingdom. He said, it says, Father who art in heaven, Abba who art in heaven, heaven is all around us. Heaven isn't someplace else. Jesus came and brought heaven right here to earth. Heaven is here. And, and yet we seem to think it's someplace else where God sits, this, this ethereal being out in, out, in the, out in this faraway place. It's not that way at all. That's not what Jesus was teaching us to do. He was saying the kingdom is right here. Heaven is right here. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He's not saying that. See, that prayer has turned into petitions. It has turned into asking God to do things. And that's mostly what our prayers do. We ask God to do things, but that's not the Aramaic. That's not the way Jesus was saying it. He was saying, thank you, Father, for your kingdom being here. Thank you, Father, for bringing your will here on earth. Thank you for manifesting yourself right here. Right here, right now, this moment. Thank you for giving me all the resources I need to have my life. It's not give us this day our daily bread. It's thank you, Father, for giving me everything I need for my emotional, my physical, my spiritual strength. Thank you for giving me the wealth of the world. Thank you for for the fact that I no longer have to worry about things that I won't have enough of things, that I'll have a poverty spirit or poverty mentality. I have to hold on to things. God will always, Papa, Papa. See, I slipped into that. I just said God. Papa will always give us what we need. Thank you for that. That's what he's telling the disciples to pray. You know, that was an interesting slip of the tongue I just did there, God. We all do that. I'm going to challenge you. Try to go through a whole week by just saying Papa and not God. Papa and not Lord. Just try that exercise. It's not easy. Because <laughs> we slip into that all the time. We say Lord or God. But it's much more than that. You know, the world out there has many gods. They, and even we have gods. And, and the Lord God Jehovah said, thou shalt have no other gods before me. <clears throat> but we have Abba. That's the good news that we bring to the world. We have Abba. They may have God, and they call him by all different names. And I don't want to get into it. It could be Allah. It could be Buddha. It could be money. It could be sex, pornography. It could be a lot of different gods. But we have Abba. We have the Father. That's the good news of the gospel. That's life in the spirit. That we have Abba.
And that's when we go out and we speak to someone out on the street and they say, am I going to hell because I'm a homosexual? We heard a, a, a man say this this week up, in, up uh, down in Raleigh. He said, I said to that person, I'm not going to heaven because I'm, a, I'm straight. Why are you going to hell because you're gay? <laughs> We're all sinners and fall short of the glory, but we have Abba. I have Abba. You don't have Abba. If, I, if you had Abba like I have Abba, hey, that's a song. <laughs> you have Abba. If, if you know the Father, as I know a loving Father, I don't want to do anything that would separate me from that love. And I know he has a plan to prosper me and not to harm me. And I want to live in that plan. I want to live in that kingdom. I want to live in that spiritual life. Abba. It's all related in that, in that, that relationship. I want relationship. I can't have an Abba if I don't have relationship. I can have a God without relationship. I can't have a Father without relationship. And that's what he wants. That's the desire, the burning desire of his heart is to have relationship with us. He wants children. He doesn't want servants. When you're a servant, and you, have, you serve a master, or you serve a lord, or you serve a god, you don't have an inheritance. When you serve a father, you have an inheritance. It's Romans 8, it says that. As we are children and we have an inheritance, but only once we understand the father, and we understand Abba. And we begin to walk in the strength and the power of that relationship with Abba Father. That's the first key to the kingdom of heaven and living in the kingdom of heaven. There are there probably a dozen more, but uh, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Here's the second key to life in the spirit, in my view. Forgiveness. If you're walking around, if we're walking around with grudges, unforgiveness, anger, resentment, we're not living in the kingdom of heaven. So when Jesus said to the disciples, forgive everyone, just as your Father in heaven has forgiven you. If, if we don't understand the relationship of a father to a child, we can't walk in the forgiveness of the Father. I mean, I, it's really not very complicated. The, I think theologians try to make it complicated. Some pastors try to make it complicated. It's really not that complicated. Forgiveness. If we, if we walk in, if we forgive others, then we can receive the forgiveness of the Father. <laughs> and, and we have life. And we have life abundantly. Jesus came and said, I come to give you life. Or I come that you may have life. May have. You have to choose it. 
I've come that you may have life and life abundantly. That's the right here and now. I'm not worried about the sweet by and by. Because if I'm living in the kingdom now, the sweet by and by is going to take care of itself. I want, I want to see the kingdom of God manifested right here on earth in my life, my family's life, my church's life, and the life of the world out there. That's the good news. And I can only do that by drawing into relationship with the Father. And the only way I can draw into relationship with the Father is to forgive. Because if I forgive, then I can receive his forgiveness. Until I do that, I don't have it. You know what I'm saying? That's what Jesus was trying to tell to them. And he said, if you forgive others, as your Father has forgiven you, then you can... You can live the life, the, the spiritual life. The next part of that uh, prayer, lead us not into temptation. The true Aramaic version of that is, <coughs> don't allow me to put anything in between you and me. Don't allow me to, to put material things, uh, other desires, other expectations between me and you, Abba, and between my relationship with you. And that's where we run afoul of this all the time. We as people, we all do it. Man, I, you know, there, I'd, I'd love to get a Corvette convertible. <laughs> Amen. And I'm sure the mothers in the house have some other desires on their heart, but it's probably not a Corvette convertible. <laughs> but I'm really praying to the Father, don't let me, don't let me put things like that ahead of you. And, and, and protect me from, from putting things like that ahead of you. Lead me not into temptation. And if, if I don't get led into that temptation, of money, cars, pornography, lifestyles, if I continue to keep my relationship with you, Abba, the most important thing in my life, I have life in the spirit. I have life in the kingdom of heaven. And in, in the kingdom of heaven, there is no, no more uh, pain, sickness, sorrow, fear. But I have to keep him first if I want to stay life in the spirit and I want to walk in the power and strength of that and believe me you lay your hands on someone who has MS and you see them drop their crutches and canes that's better than driving a uh, Corvette <laughs> you see the light of you see the light of life open up in, in some dark eyes that's better than driving a Corvette you see people freed up from oppression of drugs and alcohol, and that's better than driving a Corvette. So I'm not giving up anything. I'm gaining everything. I'm gaining the whole world because I'm gaining the kingdom of heaven. And so, so that's what Jesus was saying. That's, that's how you pray. That's what we're praying when we pray this prayer. 
And, and it says, deliver me from the evil one. Well, if you've been led into the temptation, you need deliverance. And, and that's, some of us don't like that word, the deliverance, because it, it brings up all of the work of the enemy, the devil. And I found a scripture last week that said Jesus came to destroy the work of the enemy. So that, he has no power unless I give it to him. He has no power in my life. I don't have to be afraid of him. He's under my feet. He's under the feet of Jesus. And if I continue to walk in relationship with the Father, with Abba, then, then I don't have to worry about being delivered. But I can deliver others because I can introduce them to the love of the Father. I can re- introduce them to that relationship with Abba. I'm not only For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. So the next time you go to the to the elections and the voting booths and you vote Republican or Democrat or whatever party, remember where the power is. Remember whose kingdom we're working in. Remember who has it all in in his hands. We don't have to worry about the next election. And and I was uh, elected as a Republican all the time, so I tend to worry a lot, but... I don't have to worry about the next election because I know who has the kingdom and the power and the glory. And it's my father. It's my father in heaven. It's your father in heaven who has all of the power in his hand. And he has promised life. And he has promised abundant life for those of us who want it. And he's just giving us this this blueprint to do it. I'm going to, and <coughs> a friend of ours, it's five after, is that okay? Uh, if you have to go, go ahead. <laughs> a friend of ours in, in uh, England, a fellow named David Campbell, you may know David. He's, uh, yeah, he's uh, a great, uh, min- yeah, he's got, he's got a great laugh. He's a great minister over in England. He works, he's the head of the Elam movement, which is AOG by our standards in in England. And he said something that seemed really radical to me one time. And and the more I've delved into this process, the more I began to understand that it wasn't so radical. He said, Jesus didn't come to forgive you of your sins. Well, take that one into some churches, you get thrown out pretty fast. Jesus came to establish a relationship, to to lead you to the Father, to lead us to the Father. Jesus didn't come to forgive us of our sins, but to lead us to the Father. Because it's by his blood on the cross that the, the veil was torn in two. And we have access to the Father. So his whole purpose, his whole ministry was to lead us to the Father. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. It's amazing how we've distorted some of the scripture. 
People say that and they think, well, now you're going to have a relationship with God. No, Jesus came to have a relationship with the Father. And that's who he's, he wants us to be in connection with. And then we will have life in the Spirit. Then the life in the Spirit happens. There is, a, I'm, I'm going to just share one little event in my life. Um, in closing, about five years ago, uh, my daughter, uh, she was 35 years old. She died in a base jumping accident. There's a picture of her. She was a piece of work. <laughs> she had an adventurous spirit. She was just full of life. And uh, she died over in Italy in a uh, Base jumping is where they, she was an expert skydiver and skier and mountain climber and on her honeymoon, Inger pointed out to me last night that she, her and her husband climbed the face of El Capitan in Yosemite. That was their honeymoon. <laughs> and uh, so she was base jumping over in Europe. That's jumping off of uh, stationary objects with a parachute on your back and you skydive for a while and then you, you open up the chute. That's the plan, and then you coast down. Well, unfortunately, the plan didn't work, and uh, the chute didn't open properly, and she didn't survive. And uh, <laughs> I still get choked up talking about it. So uh, we got news. It was a summer morning in July. We got news of it. And I was sitting out in the back of our house. And uh, I, I was just looking off and I said, Lord, we're, you know, <laughs> when things like that strike you, you, you have a hard time. I mean, it, it's like, where are you, God? Uh, this is life in the spirit. This is my connection to your Abba. How, how do I get through this? How do I get through this process? And I was looking out at the tree line in the back of our house. We have, we live on 10 acre property. And <coughs> there's a, a lot of trees bordering our property. And all of a sudden this one section of trees started to move. And the rest of all, all around it stayed still. And the leaves were kind of going like this. And I called Inger out and I said, Inger, well, what do you see? Uh, and she said, those leaves, it, it looks like they're waving or clapping. Some of you know a Keith Green song from years ago, the trees of the fields will clap their hands. And uh, I'm, I believe that the kingdom of heaven was being opened to me as I sat there. And the scripture that, it, that uh, and, and we've read Isaiah several times this morning. It's found in Isaiah. <coughs> uh, excuse me. It's Isaiah 55. As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater, 
so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. You will go out in joy and be led forth in peace. The mountains and hills will burst into song before you, and all the trees of the fields will clap their hands. The kingdom of heaven is here. It's accessible to us. And when stuff happens in our lives, it doesn't have to defeat us because the kingdom of heaven is here. And we have relationship with a father, not just a God. We have a relationship with a father that loves us and will see us through everything because the kingdom of heaven is here. There is no more sickness. There is no more pain. There is no more death. So that's the message I wanted to speak to you this morning and life in the spirit. And, uh, and so stay close to the Father and know him as a father. Don't know him as just a God or a Lord. Know him as your father. Pray like he is your father. Forgive and you will be forgiven and you can walk in the strength of that. So, Lord, right now, I just pray for everyone here. Wow, and, and everyone here, is, as Doug said earlier, is here for a reason. They, they're asking for something from you, Father, but let us be thankful in our hearts that you, the creator God of heaven, touch our lives, that the kingdom of heaven is here, that you have, your will is being done right here on earth. And we give you all the glory and all the power and all the honor. Thank you for giving me all of the needs I have for today. Thank you for your grace and your mercy in my life. And Lord, I declare abundant life on everyone in here today because that's your purpose, to bring us life. And I pray it all as you would pray it to the Father. Thank you. Thank you, Papa. Amen. So grateful for Ralph. Amen.